Welcome to, uh, to Steadfast tonight. Um, you've already been welcome to Steadfast, but I hope you're having a good night already. Um, as we said uh, last week, and I say again this week, uh, the whole point of this series that we're doing is really just about fun. January uh, can be kind of a sucky month. There's really, really poor weather, which has not been more <laughs> drastically exemplified in the past few days here in our little circle, has it not? Today, this morning, I walked to work. There's a thermometer outside of our shop, and it was negative 12 when I got to work this morning. Like, that's ridiculous. Every, every day, for me, if it, was, if it was beautiful, it would be above 80 degrees. I don't believe I should ever even have to own a, ch- own a shirt whatsoever. I should just be able to go without a shirt altogether and like a pair of, uh, I don't know, like ripped up jeans or something like that and nothing else. It sounds like an 80s music video. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, but the whole idea is w- with all this uh, depressing time, I said last, last week, uh, January is, believe it or not, the highest, uh, the highest month for death in the United States. It's kind of a depressing month. So we said basically what we want to do was create a place where on Thursday nights when you come here, it's fun. Seriously, it's not going to be just another night. It's not going to be another boring day where you're doing whatever, you know, at night, doing homework or similar stuff you've got to get done. But th- Thursday nights are actually fun where you come here and you're like, you know, <laughs> January might have sucked, but at least Thursday nights were, were fun. So we got food. We have friends, and um, hopefully we learn a little bit as well. Um, I hope you guys are coming bowling with us. If you didn't decide to go bowling with us and you just now decided, you totally still can. Don't back out on it. <laughs> but um, last week we started this series uh, about what can be fun, and I just kind of decided to do three quick messages. Um, the church can be fun, that God can be fun, and that you can be fun. Last week was the fact that the church could be fun. Um, feel free to download that. Listen to it if you'd like, or if you don't want to, that's cool too. Um, today is that God can be fun. And, I mean, what, what does this really mean? God can be fun. Obviously, it must be true, because I'm going to talk about it, right? I wouldn't lie to you guys. Of course not. But a lot of times, uh, people kind of, well, humans especially, I guess, anyone that I know, it's kind of a, a natural thing that we have, is that we always kind of focus on the bad of things and the bad of situations. Stuff can happen good and stuff can happen bad, but a lot of times the things that resound in our mind is the bad things. And oftentimes the same exact thing with people who we know as well in situations, but also um, with people. The fact that your view can kind of be skewed towards the very negative, like those things stick on a person, but the positive things about a person kind of seem uh, to wash away. Let me tell you a quick story. Um, there's this kid that I grew up with. I knew him probably ever since I was in kindergarten. Went to school with him. Never really cared for the kid at all. Kind of annoying um, all throughout. But I remember when I was like in third grade, we went on this field trip. And I don't know why, but I got sat with him in the school bus. So I was already kind of mad about that. But then when we got home and we got on the regular bus to go home, he decided to sit with me again, which really made me mad. Well, I didn't really care for this kid anyway. But in the course of the way home, um, on the field trip, I had bought a candy cane, and I was going to take it home, and I was going to eat it. On the bus, this kid took, and we were messing around, he took and broke my candy cane on purpose. It made me so ridiculously mad. I was infuriated at this kid. I'm like, I can't believe he, because he did it on purpose. He took it on my hands, and he broke it, because he thought it'd be funny. It made me so mad. So we ended up starting to kind of get into a fight and stuff like that. 
And after we were kind of fighting, and you know a school bus, I mean, you can, you could kill somebody on a school bus before the bus driver's actually going to notice, especially our bus drivers. He'd put like, like wads of cotton in his ear so he wouldn't hear kids. Um, we got in this fight, and before we did, like, we're like beating on each other and stuff like that, and like pulling each other's hair, whatever like that. Not only that, but my amazing Batman backpack that I was wearing at the time, because you know kids don't take off their backpacks even when they sit in the school bus, you know that, when they're really young? We were like fighting, and he grabbed a hold of it, and it was already really warm, and he broke the strap off of it too while we were fighting. So I exited this bus despising this kid. I mean, hating him. He broke my, my candy cane, and he broke my backpack all in one day. I couldn't stand him. I honestly think that for the next uh, eight years in school, those things actually stick with a person. I didn't like this kid at all. And I would never treat him anything more than not liking him. Probably a lot of it was based on the fact that he broke my candy cane and he broke my book bag. And that stuff stuck with him. I thought, he's a jerk. And for eight years, I pretty much just considered him a jerk, no matter what he said to me or what he did. Because of a a situation that happened, like, say, eight years earlier, that stigma kind of still carried with him. You know what I mean? I mean, some of you guys probably have the same situations in your own life. And um, we really didn't get along that great in high school. But I really actually, I think a lot of that was based on all the way back to that, which is crazy. But that happens with us. Um, The same thing can happen just on basically information. You meet a new person, right? And someone introduces you and they say, hey, like, here's my friend, um, Shelly. And you're like, hey, Shelly, nice to meet you, and stuff like that. And then you go talk to one of your friends and they're like, Shelly's a skank. Then what happens is because you naturally, this is the kind of people who we are, when you come back and you meet her again, you don't think of Shelly, oh, she's nice, because the other friend who, invite, who, who introduced her to you is like, she's such a nice girl, you know, um, we've been best friends for so long, um, she's really cool, all this. All you think of is, Shelly's a skank, because it's the bad stuff, but for some reason that resounds in our head. I don't know what it is about humans, but for some reason we hold on to the bad, and we let the, the good kind of just get overlooked, overshadowed. See, many of us have heard the really, really boring side of God. We've heard the really lame side. Um, we've talked, just like last week, about all that church stuff that just kind of gets piled on top. That doesn't have anything to do with it. We talked all about last week how all this crap that we basically put and throw at church stuck. And that's what we think of when we think of church instead of what church actually is. The same thing with God. A lot of it might even be the same thing we just talked about last week because of boring and lame churches that aren't fun. People in those churches who really aren't fun who are mean, who are insensitive, all these different people who hurt us. And when we think of God, we don't think of God as being fun. Not at all. Our, probably our, our whole view has been skewed by what we've seen in the past, but we don't let go of that skewed view because it's easy just to hold on to that and forget about anything else. So what we really need, though, is you finally need someone to come around and prove to you that it's not, it's not true. Just like this kid that I didn't like. If we would have actually hung out, we could have been really good friends, and I probably would have forgot about that old stuff. I probably would have forgot all about those things. We would have got to be friends. I had another friend in, high, in, uh, in school. The very first day we met was in uh, kindergarten, I think, or first grade. Met in kindergarten, I believe. Got on the bus the very first day. I told him I didn't like him. He told me he didn't like me. On the ride home, we got into a fight, and he spit in my ear. became one of my very best friends and broke my heart when he moved away in eighth grade. 
because we became friends, because we, all that stuff kind of got forgotten because we found out that we really did have a lot in common and we became great friends. All that other stuff just kind of got washed away. So see, when you start to learn about the good of something, you actually do start to forget about the bad and you let that stuff be overshadowed because you realize how un- unimportant it is. That's what you need. Um, or even like that girl that I said you might have met. If you actually got to know her, you might get to lose that stigma that someone else threw on her and it stuck. So let's do the same thing with God tonight. The fact that God can be a tremendously fun character. Um, There's a few different sources that I think we can look at tonight. Just easily take a look at, learn from, and see the fact that God is very fun when you actually come all down to it. Hopefully have some fun doing it as well. First and foremost, when I think about God and how fun he is, what, what demonstrates it? And I think one of the great ones is God's creation, this earth. Let's look around at what we know as God's creation. The um, Bible said in the very beginning it was basically just him out in nowhere, and that all of this was formed out of his mind. God is a very creative God, an absolutely creative God. Everything that we know here on earth came from God's mind. All of the trees, all these different things, it was all his design, his plan. Well, this is really awesome. It's imaginative, and it's original. I find that stuff really cool. And when I think about God, I think he must have had fun while he created this earth because I don't see a God who is like dreadful and like mad and ogre-ish. What I see is a God who, I mean, absolutely adores and like he let his happiness shine through. This is a God that instead of making like one species of tree, he made like thousands upon thousands upon thousands, maybe even millions of different species of, of trees and plants and all this different stuff. Instead of making like one type of bird, He made thousands of different types of birds. He wasn't like a mean old guy, but he was this like loving, awesome, fun guy that when he created this stuff, it's almost like God really just had fun. When I look at animals, I see this all the more. I love animals. Um, My dad, when I grew up as just a kid, every single night, my sister and I would take, and before we went to bed, we'd go into their bedroom and we'd sit down, me on one side of my dad and my sister on the other side, and he'd read us Ranger Rick every single night. Every night. And we learned about animals, and my dad was the one that he couldn't just show you an animal, but he had to quiz you on it. To this day, to this day, I can still tell you the fact that a white rhino has a flat nose, and he grazes on the ground, and a black rhino has a beaked nose, and he eats off of trees and stuff like that. He would, he'd always want to tell us about this stuff. And I fell in love with animals when I was young. To this day, the zoo is still one of my very favorite places in the world. I love going to the zoo. When I look at animals like this, I see a God who must have had fun while he was creating this earth. They're crazy. They're imaginative. They're wild. This isn't like some mean, oppressive person who created animals. Man, they're so cool. You look at animals. Tell me that you don't laugh when you see animals like the ostrich, the rhinoceros. How about the big old fat hippopotamus? They're just crazy weird animals. One of my very favorite that proves that God is a very funny God, the giraffe. What the heck? (laughs) It's like a horse, only bigger, and then God just grabbed its neck and like stretched it like an additional like eight foot. Like there, we need something to clean out the top of the trees. And he just grabbed his head and stretched it out. I see this really fun God. Or the one that I love that I always talk about just shows God is just a God outside of the box. Mammals do this, reptiles do this, amphibians do this, and God creates the duck-billed platypus. <laughs> it is a mammal that lays eggs 
and has poison sacks. What the heck? <laughs> That's a funny God. He took all the rules that he knew we were probably going to make up, and he's like, oh, is that funny? Check that sucker out. <laughs> he's like shuffled a bunch of stuff together in his hand and just shot that sucker down there. It's crazy. He's a funny God. Um, I always heard a joke that talked about the fact that they said snakes must have come last because God was getting tired. So I'm making all these things. He just started rolling snakes. <laughs> it was super easy at the, end of, at the end of creation. But I see a God who had fun. You know, I can't look at animals without thinking of how interesting they are, without looking at the world and seeing how cool it was. I got to go to the Grand Canyon a few years back. And man, being in the bottom of that canyon looking up, I'm like, you cannot tell me that God doesn't exist. It's amazing. It's so beautiful and majestic. I'm like, you know, and that's not, it doesn't seem like the world that a tough, rough, strict, mean God would do. It sounds like that of a fun, imaginative God that would carve such amazing things in this world and would create such cool things to happen here. Absolutely. Even more than that, though, I see a really cool source, and it's the most uh, history-backed-up book that we can possibly look at, and it's the Bible. A lot of people don't know it because people think, oh, the Bible is just something the Christians believe in. Did you know that the Bible is like absolutely like the most resourceful book in the world? There's like no other book that has so much truth in it. If you read through all the different stuff in like the Old Testament and New Testament, um, history will over and over and over again complies with what the Bible says about what happened and when it happened. It's used like a history book for people who don't even believe in the Bible because the dates are right. These different things match up specifically and perfectly with what happens. It is like the best history book you can possibly look at. And there's really cool spots in the Bible that show how fun God is, how fun he had even with some old school stories. And I just wanted to read you a few of these because some of you guys might have heard them, some of you guys might not have, but it proves the fact of how God is. One of my favorites, and it was one of mine when I was a little kid and all the way up to today, the story of Samson. You guys remember the story of Samson? Big man, tons and tons of muscles, very strong. When he was born as a kid, he was told he could never cut his hair. If he did, he'd lose his strength. But God gave him all of this strength, right, to help be a judge, which is like a leader of the people at the time. And the story is cool, but if you actually read the details, it's a very funny story, a very funny story. I laugh at it almost every time I read it. From the beginning, first of all, his strength is kept in his hair, which seems like a weird idea altogether. But then it goes on to talk about these crazy things that he does. Samson was an absolute madman. talks about that he's going, it says, Samson went down to Timnah with his father and mother. He's going to look at a woman, basically. Um, it says, when he got to the vineyards of Timnah, a young lion came at him roaring. The Spirit of God came on him powerfully, and he ripped it open with his bare hands. It's an awesome story. I'm like, what the heck? But then what's even cooler is it goes on to talk about this big, tough guy, and he puts up a bet, and he's like, you know what? He's like, I'll give you a bet. He's like, he talks, it was something from his own life about lions and about honey. And they ended up getting it right because they pressured his wife to give him the answer. And I read this section just the other day, and I, I verbally, out loud, laughed. Because they ended up using his wife to get the answer. And this is, this is his, his response, and then how he pays this, his debt that he owed them. Samson says, if you hadn't plowed with my heifer, you wouldn't have found out my riddle. That's a beautiful line in the Bible. <laughs> if you hadn't plowed with my heifer, that's horrifying. If it says this, this is what's really cool because he's such a tough, a tough dude. It says, the Spirit of God came on him powerfully. He went down to Ascalon and killed 30 men, took them 
all their clothes off of him and took it back to pay his debt because he promised them he'd give them 30 sets of clothes. So instead of like, you know, going back and being like, oh, I got to find clothes and buy them, he just went and killed his enemies, stole 30 sets of clothes and like, here, they're yours. Tough guy. Cool stories. Very, very funny. The part that makes me laugh every time, though, about this story, because God is crazy how he works for these people, and Samson was crazy, too. This is awesome. Because of all this that happened with his wife, he decides to leave his wedding. And he says, you know what? He's, I'm sick of it. So the dad actually gave his wife to the best man. He comes back to find his wife, and he realizes that the dad had given his wife to his best man. He is so furious, because that's supposed to be his wife. And the dad of her says, well, you can just have my younger daughter. And he says, you know what? No, this is ridiculous. So he says, I'm going to take, and he says, I'm going to get back at all you people once and for all, because this time, I, you guys deserve what you get, your people, because you're evil. So it says this. It says, as he approached Lehi, the Philistine came to meet him. Uh, oh, wait, sorry. Wrong section. Back. Back. Where did I skip it? There we go. It talks about the fact that he takes... It says, during the wheat harvest, Samson visited his bride, right? Saw her. So he gets all mad. He goes back. And it says, Samson went out and caught 300 jackals. Foxes, jackals, same difference. He catches 300 jackals. Then he ties the jackals together in pairs by their tails. And then affixes a torch to each one of their paired tails, lights it on fire, and then releases the 150 pairs of jackals into their wheat to set it on fire and burn all of their crops. That is the, the most hardcore, <laughs> like, payback in the world. He could have just, like, killed somebody, but instead he catches by hand 300 jackals, ties them together and lashes a flame to their tail, and then throws them in the, into the wilderness to set on fire. That's an awesome story. If God inspired that, it makes me love him even more because that's so ridiculously funny. It goes on, and, and there's so many cool parts with Samson. It goes on, one part where, he, where these people come to get him, he takes and um, he breaks free of his ropes. He's going to fight with them. He picks up a dead donkey's jawbone and kills a thousand men with it. It's an awesome story. And it goes on, and you know the whole story with Samson and Delilah, right? It's like the biggest soap opera in the world. It goes all back and forth. She keeps on telling him that he doesn't trust her, he doesn't love her because he won't tell her the secret. And then she ties him up, and then... She calls out, hey, you know, the Philistines have come, and he breaks free, and then she cries the very next moment that he won't tell her the secret. Did Samson not put together the fact that this girl was trying to kill him? But you can read all that yourself. It's cool. Go on that and figure it out. But there's other really cool ones, too. Funny stories, stuff that just stuck out that are just hilarious. The other one I love, right, is about Elisha. And there's Elijah and Elisha, two prophets, Elisha ends up getting all this power that Elijah had, and he's going to be, be like basically a prophet. He's doing God's work here on earth, teaching about him and showing his power here on earth. So it says that he had just got done with, with this whole basically show to try to tell who God was. But he's coming back down uh, from, like a, from like a high place, and it says this. It says, From there Elisha went up to Bethel. As he was walking along the road, some youths came out of the town and jeered him. Go on up, you bald head, they said. Go on up, you bald head. He turned around, looked at them, and called down a curse on them in the name of the Lord. Right then, two bears came out of the woods and mauled 42 of the youths. And he went on to Mark Carmel and from there returned to Samaria. That is an awesome story. 
I laugh at that one every time, too. All these jerks come out, and they're like, hey, Baldad, hey, Baldy. And he's like, I curse you. And two bears run out and just destroy, like, 42 guys. That's a great story. That's a funny God that would work in that way. I think it's awesome. If that doesn't trip your trigger, certainly go ahead and read through Song of Songs. You will laugh. (laughs) If you guys have any awkwardness humor, if you guys laugh at stuff that's awkward, I love awkward humor, you will laugh when you read Song of Songs. I pulled out a choice little morsel for you. That in no, in no joke will make you laugh, excuse me, will make you laugh because of how hilarious it is. And this, this goes on for like chapters. Here's one of my favorites right here. It says, your statue is like that of a palm and your breasts like clusters of fruit. I said, I will climb the palm tree and I will take hold of its fruit. <laughs> That's the Bible right there. That's funny. That's funny. I laugh at that. There's a whole bunch of funky situations you can read about in, uh, in Song of Songs. No joke. Hilarious situations that you read and you're like, wow, that's wrong but funny. But it proves a sense of humor in our God. I saved one, though, that's, that really stands out to me, though. When I read it, I'm like, it proves that God has a sense of humor because he works in a specific way in the situation that is very humorful when you read it. And it's the story of Balaam. I'm not doing it. No, no, no. All right, so here's the story of Balaam, right? Balaam is, uh, he's like a prophet. If I remember the whole story right, it's been a long time since I've read about Balaam. I'm sorry. Um, He was supposed to go and he's supposed to prophesy. I think he was actually supposed to prophesy something false. Um, But anyways, it goes all through. And the story uh, is a story in Balaam's ass, is what they say in the Bible. Uh, Or you can place in donkey, whatever you find funnier. Go ahead and use it there in that situation. What they're laughing about is I said it'd be funny to tell this story, and every time you talk about Balaam's ass, to turn around like Jim Carrey did and talk out of his butt. (laughs) But I'm not going to do it, because it's just wrong. Let me read you this story, and I'll show you God's humor, okay? says, Balaam got up in the morning, saddled his donkey, and went off with the nobleman from Moab. As he was going, though, God's angel anger flared. Excuse me. The angel of God stood in the road to block his way. Balaam was riding his donkey, accompanied by his two servants. When the donkey saw the angel blocking the road and brandishing a sword, she veered off the road into the ditch. Balaam beat the donkey and got her back on the road. But as they were going through a vineyard, Uh, with a fence on either side, the donkey again saw God's angel blocking the way and veered into the fence, crushing Balaam's foot against the fence. Balaam hit her again. God's angel blocked the way yet again, in other words, a third time, a very narrow passage at this time. There was no getting through on the right or left. Seeing the angel, Balaam's donkey sat down under him. Balaam lost his temper. He beat the donkey with his stick. Then God gave speech to the donkey. She said to Balaam, what have I ever done to you that you have to beat me these three times? Now that's funny. God decides to speak out of, a, uh, out of a donkey. But here's the funnier part, okay? He says, what have I done to you that you have beat me these three times? Balaam responds, because you're playing games with me. If I had a sword, I'd have killed you by now. <laughs> what I find funny is this. 
is don't you think if a donkey turned to you and said, well, if you beat me three times, you go, holy crap, a talking donkey. <laughs> but instead, Balaam responds back to the donkey without even missing a beat. I mean, he was just like, right on. Balaam says, why do you beat me? He said, because you're playing games with me. And the donkey says to Balaam again, I am not your trusty, do- trusty donkey on whom you've ridden for years, am I not, excuse me, right up till now. Have I ever done anything like this to you before? Have I? And he said, no. <laughs> he responds yet again, excuse me. Then God helped Balaam see where he, what, where, what was going on. He saw God's angel blocking his way, brandishing the sword. Balaam fell to the ground. His face hit the dirt. I love that story. I love it, the fact that God is so ridiculously funny that he would talk out of a donkey to basically teach us man a lesson. But then also, of course, it's even funnier the fact that he just responds back to the donkey. He doesn't think anything about it whatsoever. Probably the servant guys who were with him were like, what the heck is going on? Hearing them have a conversation. But it's great. That really shows me the fact that God does have a sense of humor. But there's another one past that, though, too, that I really like, that proves that God really has a sense of humor, maybe even more than God's word. I can prove the fact that God is fun. Because I believe that we are the biggest, the biggest demonstration of how God is a fun God. Us. You see, I believe that deep down in our inner emotions, our very most inner thoughts and inner being is passed down from God. God created us. He created man. And when God made Adam, it talks about him taking and forming him from the dirt. But then he was lifeless. But what he did is he brought him up and he breathed breath into him. He communicated spirit into Adam and set him into life. And I think that God's heart, God's passions, some of God's um, just natural rhythms of how he works got passed on to us. Where do you think our creativity comes from? Where do you think our imagination comes from? It comes from God, his spirit. And it's us living that out. I think we're probably the best example of how God is a very, very fun God. See, many times in Scripture, he talks about kids. God talks about kids a lot. Jesus talked about it when he was here. And he talks about the fact that kids are very, very precious and that their mindset is extremely precious as well. Matthew 18.3 says this. I'm talking about a time when Jesus was with kids, and if you remember right, this is the time when the apostles said, basically, you know, like, Let, get these kids out of here. You know, our master needs that time. And he took and he rebuked him, and he said, now you wait. And he tells them this. He says, I'm telling you once and for all that unless you return to square one and start over like children, you're not even going to get a look at the kingdom, let alone get in. Whoever becomes simple and elementary again, like this child, will rank high in God's kingdom. So he doesn't just say that it's important, but he says that, he says, a kid like this, he says, who's just a kid, a child. He says, he ranks high in God's kingdom. Now, here's what I see, okay? Children, children have a whole lot of fun. Man, if he's saying the fact that a kid has a tight, a tight connection with God, because what he's saying when they have a higher ranking is, is what he's saying is they really understand me. See, the problem is, is when we get, we're kids and we have a lot of fun, and then the world kind of crushes all of our fun. And it makes us more serious. It makes us harder. It makes us um, so self-conscious of who we are. And it takes away that fun. But he says the kids, see, they still have that. See, what they still have is they still have just God's natural spirit of fun in them. I went, um, 
up to Wisconsin this last summer. And I go there every single year. But as we were coming back home, we stopped at this water park, right? And I don't know if you guys have ever been to one of those water parks where the water starts all the way up at like nothing and then it just kind of fades in in a slope. So what happens is obviously kids can be in the, in the deep area diving and swimming and then little kids can be up in, you know, two inches of water playing and splashing. Well, they had this area with all these like, um, like these water like fountains that are spraying all over and stuff like that. And one of them was really great. It was just this fountain that shot straight up and there was two or three of them. And I stood there, actually I, I laid there, I was getting a tan, but I, I stayed there and I watched this kid, I am not joking, for like 25 minutes stand over top of it like this <laughs> with it spraying into his crotch, looking at it. And then what's so great is he honestly takes and he takes the time, he's looking around seeing if anyone's watching because he wants people to see him. He takes and it's spraying his crotch like this and then he lays down like this so it's spraying out between his legs and he's looking at people to see, is anyone seeing how cool this is? He honestly connected eyes with me, and I saw a twinkle in his eye because I was laughing uncontrollably. Like, that's hilarious. Spraying between his legs, and he's just smiling, looking around like, you guys, are you guys seeing this? Are you guys seeing this? You see, there was no, there was no, there was nothing holding him back. There was none of that world that got put on us that made us too afraid to just be ourselves, to be silly, to be stupid, right? But that kid hadn't had that yet, and God says, you know what, that's my spirit, that's who understands me. That person who's free, and just like that little kid who just has fun. Man, that kid was having the time of his life, just messing around. He didn't care about what people thought of him. He was just having a good time. And, he's, and God says that that's my spirit. God identifies with that. See, God is a fun God. He's not that big, mean ogre that's got put in our minds because of religion and because of all the things that the world has put on it. Because, see, what the world wants to tell us is that God is a bunch of rules and God wants to keep you in one place and put his thumb on you. But God doesn't. See, God is a fun God. He wants us to be, have just an amazing life. He wants us to have an exciting life. He wants us to have a happy life, but in his will. So God is not an ogre. God is not mean. But God is absolutely a fun God, full of emotion, full of happiness.